Hey, I'm Gretchen Bridgers of the Always a Lessons Empowering Educators podcast, a part of the Education Podcast Network. Shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other interesting education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com. Hey, welcome back. Steve here. And today I'm talking with Brian Buffington. That's right. We got him back on the show. And today we're getting a little bit into AI and we're talking a little bit about how he goes about promoting creativity in schools. And uh, we even get a, a little bit into uh, his music as well as uh, some cool things he's got going on in his family. So thanks for listening. Lots to learn today. Enjoy. <laughs> You are listening to Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12, a podcast for educators, helping you help kids achieve their dreams. And now here's Steve with this week's show. Brian Buffington is an educator and innovator and keynote speaker, inspiring thousands of teachers, admins, and students throughout the world. Buffington specializes in innovative ed tech, school culture, digital living, cyber safety, and marketing. Brian has presented at national, state, and regional conferences, highlighting ed tech and innovative teaching practices. His most recent endeavors include Real Talk with Real Teachers, a video catalog of teachers modeling best practices aligned to standards. The Teacher Tech Academy, a full-day workshop highlighting student-centered and creative uses of technology, and A Parent's Guide to Raising Digital Natives, a Facebook Live event helping parents navigate digital trends and keep kids safe. Words like hands-on, relevant, and engaging are often used to describe Buffington's workshops and keynotes. As far as he knows, no one has ever fallen asleep. And I can tell you, yeah, you ain't going to fall asleep in Brian's classes. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> when Buffington is not playing with tech, he's, he's playing house concept, concerts and singing happy music for the masses. That's hashtag happy music for the masses. Along with his wife, he owns a creative arts company called Studio Blue LLC. You can inquire about booking at his website, briankbuffington.com. Hey, Brian, welcome to the show, man. Steve, thanks for having me, man. It's good to be here. Glad to have you and uh, welcome back. And we got a lot of stuff to talk about today, but uh, most importantly, I want to find out, uh, you know, a lot of times when people see you, you're either, sometimes you're wearing the white jacket, sometimes you're wearing the pink jacket. Have you got any new jackets lately? Man, I got one. It's got like roses on it, man. I'm ready. I'm going to debut it next time I see some of your folks down there. Awesome. Um, my wife and I, we were hanging out in Macy's, had all the kids with me, and um, we saw it like a beacon in the night. We just saw it at like the other end of the store, and I said, I got to have that. And uh, my wife graciously said, yes, you have to have that. But she kind of winked at me when I put it on like she thought it was pretty, pretty good looking. That's awesome. That's awesome because that's, uh, I, you know, hey. That's good stuff there, you know, and, and if, she's, if she's approving and helping you find them, that's even better. So as opposed to the other yeah. thing, steering you, you away. You got to keep things fresh, man. You got to keep things fresh. <laughs> Excellent. So, uh, so since we're uh, talking about this, you know, it's funny because uh, one of the things we'll, we'll get a chance to get you to share some of your music in just a minute. But one of the things that I, I really like is that at some point during your shows, you're probably going to pull out your guitar and you're going to bring somebody up um, to, to either dance or sing with you or even the whole group to uh, do some sort of song. How That's did, right. How did that, how did you incorporate both of your worlds like that? What, I mean, the first time you did it, was it like, should I, or should I not? <laughs> it was, it was very much like that, you know, and that's kind of part of my story is I, you know, I was a musician first before an educator and I really thought they couldn't, they could never coexist. I thought like, you know, that's like when you're professional, you're very professional. You can't do anything fun. 
And um, I was pretty miserable as a professional. I said, you know, we got to do some fun professional. And I taught middle school. I, I would bring the guitar in. Uh, we would sing all the classic buff songs and the kids would love it. Um, it was a great way to build community in my classroom. Excellent. Well, you do a great job with it. I got to tell you with, uh, you know, it, it's neat in the, in your training sessions, it really, cause you can see people at first, well, you know, do I have to, and the next thing you know, is they're like, forget all the, there, there's no more shyness. It's like out the window. They're up there, you know, doing the catfish and all kinds of things with you. So yeah. Yeah. You know, the PL world, you know, some folks, you know, they're like, well, you know, professional learning, they're worse than the students. And I'm like, they have to be engaged too. You know, we got to get them, we got to set the stage, get them excited. Awesome. Awesome. So let's start with this. Um, you've got this thing where you're taking a look at artificial intelligence intelligence. And actually what you've said is I'm on a mission to help students compete with the artificial intelligence and automation of the future. Tell us what you're talking about. Well, that stems from a, from a serious problem I see with how technology is being used in schools, um, at homes, and it's being used mainly um, for consumption. Um, and there's a study put out by the World Economic Forum, and these are like the, they, they, they uh, quiz the, uh, like the biggest companies in the world, so what kind of qualities do you want of workers? And creativity was number 10 on the top 10 list in 2015. It climbed all the way to, to three in 2020 for a most in-demand skill. And so when I say compete with artificial intelligence, compete with machine learning, I mean giving students the ability to compete by giving them creative skills that a robot will not be able to do. Uh, humans need to do what we're good at. And unfortunately, just watching YouTube videos all day uh, or even consuming um, math games, that's just not going to cut it. We can't compete by, by doing those things. So I love working with schools, showing them how students can use technology to create things and just think outside the box. You know, one of the things that, uh, that <laughs> kind of drives me nuts is that AI, I, I think we're kind of pushing it a little further than it is. It's not really thinking and it's looking for patterns and stuff like this. And sometimes I think that the patterns, it's like, it's like who programmed this thing, man? Cause like texting and, and emails and stuff like this is supposed to fill in with suggestions about what you do. And, and actually some of my emails are a little bit better than my texting because the texting thing, man, it's like, I've never in my life said those words. Why would you put it there? And I didn't look at it. And so now, you know, somebody's thinking I'm really strange. <laughs> oh, I've sent those texts and it's super weird. It is. Yeah. You send your wife something like midday. She's like, what? What's going on? Yeah, I've done it. And e actually, you know, it's pretty cool that, you know, Gmail added this uh, past, I guess, past year. And they'll, they'll prompt certain sayings when you're writing an email that are like real popular, like uh, talk to you soon. If you put talk, it'll put to you soon. Like it kind of, it's doing some artificial intelligence uh, it kind of is prompting you. It's pretty, it's awesome. I like it. Yeah. I like that too. That's because it does do that. Especially if it, it, if you put a name to who you're sending the email to, if you start looking like you're going to address it to somebody, it'll actually prompt their name in there. I like that. Cause it's like, Oh good. Right, have it over. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. See, it's a good use of technology. Yes. Now what's funny though, is that we're, we don't seem to be at the level of Dave Dave, what are you doing there, Dave? You know, we don't have Hal yet talking to us and wanting to depressurize oh, no. the cabin. 
Uh, yeah, I don't know when that's coming. I, I mean, I'm watching Minority Report right now, and that's been a long time. I think it came out in 2002. I wasn't even married yet. Uh, but I, it's it's really cool how they depict the future and the whole eye scanning, how yes. advertisements pop up. But what's cool, what's crazy, though, is the eye scanning and advertisements come up. The, our version of eye scanning is your cookies in your browser. I mean, your IP address. Like, it's really ca- – people are keeping up with this and they're giving us uh, specific ads. Oh, that's cool. Cause that's, you know, you do see that in the minority report. Yeah. That was a, that's a little scary there in a, in a whole nother way since they're looking for the person who's going to commit the crime. <laughs> it's like before they do it. Um, so that, another that, podcast. Yes, that definitely is. So, uh, um, well, you know, cool. I just, I just know that when we look at some of the automation and some of the AI that uh, or stuff that they're talking about is AI. It's interesting because I know kids are, being kind of inundated with, and, you know, adults are being inundated with this idea of what it is and what it, what it could be. And, mm-hmm. you know, just like what you're talking about with at first when some of those cars were claiming they were self-driving and you had people going off the road and, you know, running into big giant trucks and things like this. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, we didn't mean for you to go to sleep and leave, <laughs> leave it alone, but uh, yep. um, it's yeah, interesting. We're People want to be there, but we're not there yet. Right. It's kind of interesting. So, so anyway, along those lines, so let's talk a little bit about that uh, promoting creativity in schools. And one of the things I know that you do is with or without tech. So what, what's your main thing here? What did, I mean, how do, you, how do you help promote creativity, Brian? So when I, when I go to schools, I work with teachers. I also work with students, work with admins. We talk about uh, the technology that they have, and I want to know what they're doing with the technology. And most of the time they say, Brian, we're doing very low level type things, uh, such as we're writing documents. I mean, we've been writing documents since like Adam and Eve. I don't know if they're writing on bark paper or what, but we've been writing forever. So what if we could do something really awesome with that? And also, you know, another thing that we're using with these Chromebooks and iPads is uh, not only just word processing, goodness, we've been doing slideshows forever too. Uh, PowerPoints, Google Slides. I mean, come on, is there something new out there? Um, and, you know, and then this prescriptive stuff, like I got, I get it. Like, you know, you know, a lot of the, a lot of districts, they get prescriptive software that takes a child and says, this is where you are. This is where I want you to be. And it just hounds them. And it's just like, just right in your face, all these little math problems, like a squirrel jumps up and says, woohoo, you did it. You got the problem. And the kid's like, woo, I did it. And that's like in first grade. But by the time you get to third grade, you're like, I hate this squirrel. And this cannot be what education is about. Um, you know, and, and so I'm trying to promote a way of thinking, um, a way of, of doing school uh, that allows students to have ownership of their learning. Like I'll never forget you know, as a new teacher, I was awful. I was going to be honest. Like I didn't know what I was doing. I, I, I got hired on crutches. Uh, <laughs> I wore sweatpants to my interview. Uh, I was in a car accident. I mean, I didn't know what I was doing. Uh, nice. <laughs> but yeah, so there you go. That's, I'm that highly qualified guy you're talking to on the podcast right now. <laughs> but I, but I figured, I figured, I finally figured out how this whole education thing is going to work. And it had to do with me shutting up. Like me, even though I knew stuff, I needed to give my students an opportunity to take the stuff I knew that I gave them in some kind of other format and do something with the stuff, like take the content and make something relevant, intriguing, mysterious, fun, 
whatever. Uh, and that's when kids, the lights went off and I was like, yeah, this is what teaching's all about. And I've been taking it with me from school, from students and I'll do it with adults and it's all very hands-on. I just kind of steer the ship and I let go and I say, y'all, y'all have at it. And I'm here, I'm here for you. Uh, I want you to succeed. That's awesome because that's, and that's, I've had that experience. I've been in your classes and one of the things that's really cool is that, uh, you know, he, he, he's going to introduce it to you and then he's going to put you to work. So it's, it's like you start using it and showing how you're going to uh, make this happen. And I love that because that's, uh, here's the tool. Now you've, now let's, let me show you some of the little cool things you can do with the tool, but now you make the thing. And I love that. That's awesome because it's, it's all about figuring out how to use it. And so, yeah. yeah. And I have no preconceptions about when I have, you know, and I have, you know, varied audiences uh, in my courses and, some folks will look at the audience and go, Brian, those people are not going to do what you're wanting them to do. They're just, they can't do it. She's super old. Look at him. He doesn't care. Uh, it doesn't work like that. You know, to ha I'll give you another example of how you got to be careful with preconceptions. So I was working with a group of teachers here in Northeast Georgia, a fifth grade teacher who was accustomed to fifth grade skills and things that fifth grade kids could do. She went to first grade. Well, I was working with the first grade group with this new, this new teacher who has some different experiences. I'm working with the first grade group and I'm like, all right guys, what are y'all doing? They're saying, you know, some things are doing technology. And I said, that's cool. How are we promoting creativity? And then I said, y'all, y'all doing any iMovies, some linear video editing. And they're like, first grade, Brian, really? They can't do that. And then all of a sudden there's like, from the side of the room was like, a, uh, 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 um. this fifth grade teacher who is now in first grade was like, Brian, we do video editing with my first graders all the time. They love it. And like my heart skipped a beat and I was like, yeah, girl, you go, go girl. And everybody else was like astonished, like <gasps> blasphemy. How did you do that? <laughs> a first graders brain cannot, you know, I'm not saying we put first graders on tech all day. Please don't ever do that. But I mean, why not give them the opportunity to do something they're very interested in and they're very interested in video and YouTube and slime. Goodness. If I hear, if I see one more slime video, I'm going to throw some slime in someone's face. <laughs> nice. Yes. And it's, you know, it's funny because it's, it's all about that, that, that curiosity that they have. If you give them the tools and help them figure out how to use it, it's like, next thing you know is that, you know, they'll, they'll be outshining many of us. So, and it's I want like, them to, I want them to outshine me. That's the goal. You, you outshine me. I love that. That's awesome. Cause that's, and that's exactly how, you know, you are with adults just the same. It's like, uh, let's, let's go and let's figure out how to get you uh, to the point. And, you know, I was in a class recently where it was cool when uh, someone in the audience uh, um, was really, you were, you were talking about um, using a tool like Screencastify and mm -hmm. they, and they were just enamored with this. And I'm pretty sure they probably left there with, you know, with the idea that I'm going now and I'm going to go do this. And, and you were giving them different ideas and thoughts about how to use it. But, uh, you know, it's just, it's just cool when you run into the different levels. Cause in that same room, you had people who had their own uh, YouTube channels and stuff. So you have a very level of understanding of things, which is interesting. It's like the greatest part of teaching is when you can teach somebody something and it sticks with them. It's not a fact. It's not some number. It's something that changes the way they think or it gives them the ability to take it and do something else with it. It helps them grow as a, as a learner. That's the, that's the best part of teaching to me. Yeah, it's awesome. It's, it's so awesome. Well, there, there's a bunch of different uh, types of tools that you like to show off. And one of them that you've been showing off recently is uh, goose chase. You want to talk about that just a little bit? Steve, I'm glad you brought up goose chase. 
because I'm all about goose chase. So uh, I fell in love with the goose chase. I was at a conference at the uh, which one? The Future of Education Technology Conference in Florida. It's a terrible place to be in January, by the way. Not. <laughs> it's awesome. And um, so there's this vendor hall, and there's all the people. I mean, it's like every vendor you would ever want. And all of a sudden, I saw this random guy over here with some big sign that said Goose Chase. He had like a nice beard and a bright coat or something. I was like, this guy it must have wisdom. You know, <laughs> I was like, you see a beard like that guy. He's wise. Yeah, and so for those of you listening to the audio, it's uh, <laughs> you'd have to know that Brian sports a beard. Yes. So, <laughs> yeah, I do. I do. And, um, and there was like a few people watching. I'm like, what is this all about? And so from like a couple minutes I watched, you know, and I don't devote, devote a whole lot of time to the vendor hall. A couple minutes I watched, like, this is a scavenger hunt. And you know what? I love scavenger hunts. I haven't done a scavenger hunt since I, since I was like in the church youth group. And I remember the excitement of going out with your friends and like in a Honda Civic, like 10 people, going, finding all these little things and coming back and tallying your scores to see who would win. And there's some kind of prize. And I was like, I remember that feeling. It's like, I want people to feel that in my professional development. I want people to feel that in school. So, I, um, I tried out the goose chase and they have, by the way, they have free accounts and they're not paying me anything to say this. I wish they would. Um, <laughs> it'd be super awesome. Goose chase people. Goose chase is an app you put on your phone and the, the goose chase master, which is me. I come up with the missions on my computer. Um, so I have all kinds of silly missions, but also I have some very, you know, content specific missions too. So a silly mission might be like do five jumping jacks or do the catfish dance, which PS that's a famous Brian Buffington dance that you probably don't know about yet because it's not that famous. Um, or soon go find to be, two soon to, be. soon to be. Yeah, it's going to hit the wedding scene real big. And then go find two black cars or, you know, a couple examples. is like, I want you to go meet some new people. Go meet somebody new and do a thumb war. Um, but so those are the missions. But what's cool is on the app, the participant on the team or solo takes their app and they get footage or evidence of them completing the mission. And it all, when everybody submits something, it goes to the Goose Master, which is me. It goes on, on their website or their, you know, their online interface on Chrome browser, whatever you want to call it. And I could see everybody's thing that they're submitting. I see team one, team two, team three, and I'm seeing all the footage. And let me tell you right now, when I've done this with adults, it has been nonstop madness awesome. <laughs> um, we, I did this with, hey, we did this with a group we had up here in Northeast Georgia. We had a leadership conference. We had like 200 plus admins, principals, academic coaches, tech directors, whatever. They were there. And I pitched this idea to our, our committee. I was like, hey, we're going to do a goose chase. What do you guys think? And there was some like, you know, some hesitance. Like, well, Brian, I don't know if admins are into games. I don't know if they do these silly Brian games. I don't know. And there was some like, yeah, Brian, I think this is cool. You know, you got, you know I need some good criticism. I need it because I'm kind of crazy. Um, but eventually I got the green light. And let me tell you. 200 plus admins. I had eight do belly flops in the pool for 8,000 points. And I can uh, tell you, those are the funniest videos. <laughs> eventually it got so competitive. I had to, I had to make up because they were all like tied. I had like 80 missions. I was like, nobody's going to do the Macarena. Everybody's doing the Macarena. Um, <laughs> so eventually I had to go to like, I want you to go find some random person named Wilbur. Like, and that was just a tribute to my grandfather. It's like, I don't know if there's even a person on campus named Wilbur, but if you can find one, it's worth this many points. And then lastly, I said, if you go find a snake, a living snake on property, you get this many points. So I was endangering people's lives. It was great. Nice. Nice. That's, I got to tell you, the belly flop stuff. Oh my gosh. Um, especially because like one of them that I'll never forget is the guy who just, there is no flinching or anything. He hits that water. 
that had to hurt, man. That sold out. So you can get bonus points, too, because a lot of people, they were clinching. They were doing the elbows in on the belly flop, knees down. Yes. That's not a real belly flop. That's just kind of like, you know, whatever. <laughs> no extra bonus points for that. No, bonus <laughs> points. And you can give bonus points. And uh, the grand prize for the winning team, it was a school. By the way, this was school system for school system. The winning right. prize, uh, I gave them a six-foot blown-up golden goose. Awesome. And it was like autographed and it was, it was great. Very cool. So do you have any, um, any other ways or suggestions that uh, the way that uh, schools might use the, the goose chase with kids? I mean, what, what's a, what would be a good well, thought with kids? Well, what's cool is goose chase already has some built in missions okay. and ideas for educators. So for instance, math, um, I've done this training with a group of uh, K five math or K five teachers. And most of them have to teach math. It's all kind of embedded in all their classes. Um, and they already had some kind of pre-made things for students to do, some missions. So one might be, I want you to, so let's say even like first grade, I want you to go find, um, go find a dime. So they actually go take a picture of a dime. Um, or I want you to go get, a, get photo evidence of perpendicular lines in the hallway. Um, or I want you to, with a partner to, uh, to recite Newton's law of whatever, you know, so you could, you could create these really cool missions that require students to showcase what they know. Nice. To show the skill, not just bubble in something. And students love this opportunity. They love this stuff. I've, I've done it with students. I've done it with adults. Um, and it's kind of like, it's my hot Brian thing. Every year there's some kind of like hot Brian thing. And uh, this year's goose chase is super hot. That's awesome. Well, I know like, you know, there's some other things that you like uh, bringing up um, that because uh, we've talked a little bit about the video or, you know, like screencastify and other other techniques there. We got the goose chase going on here. And there's just lots of different uh, um, tools that you like to show off. One, some of them are a little more s simple. And what I think is cool is that I've been in some of your workshops where you're You've talked about doing, uh, showing some productivity tips like with Gmail. And my favorite one that I just want you to know, you have created a believer in the automatic um, where it, it responses. The automatic responses. Yes. I love it. I love it. I, did, did I converted you, Steve. Yes. You converted me. I have now, you'll never know if that email was, was, did, was he really typing this or did he do this? Anyway. Now, Steve, you better make it a little bit personal now. Just because this can doesn't mean you can't put a sentence of real Steve magic at the top. Okay. There you go. Yes, you've you've taught me well. You, you've taught That's me canned well. etiquette. Canned etiquette. I like that canned etiquette. Nice. <laughs> it's new and improved too. We could anyway. <laughs> um, awesome. I I love that. So we we've had you have a lot of fun when you're you're teaching. I mean, yeah, I've been in some of your classes where you've taught a little bit about Google Forms. You do a little bit of uh, just a little bit of everything. And I and I think that the what's so cool is that you do engage your your. Uh, um, the group that's there, you get them involved and get them wanting to know more, which is awesome. And, and I just want to ask you, is that, is that something, does that come natural for you to just kind of come up with these ideas or is it something that, because you know, is, is it just, is it something you have to work at? Well, it's two, it's both of those, Steve. So I think anybody can, can engage an audience. Um, they have to work harder. Um, so, you know, as a musician, I was, I kind of, I have grown up, uh, I grew up, you know, singing in a church, or playing in a band or being in front of people um, as an entrepreneur, working with people, working with customers, even young. Um, when I was young, I worked at a screen printing shop in South Georgia in Douglas, Georgia, where I would drive a trailer um, as an maybe, maybe 17 year old, 18 year old. I would drive nice. across, 
across Georgia and make t-shirts in a trailer and have a tent and sell to people, cool. uh, which was, which was really cool. And it, it taught me a lot about how to engage people and um, how to talk to people. But so that helps. So being a musician helps all that. But the truth is before I even talk about content, when I even, I got to plan something um, for this week before I even plan content. The number one thing I have to plan is the climate. I have to plan the engagement piece and I got to have multiple engagement pieces in there. Um, and that's, it's vital. It's vital for adults. It's vital for students. Um, you can't just walk in and just go straight for the juggler and say, you know what, here's the content. Really? This is the content. And I love you guys. I hope you have the most amazing PD ever. Bye. I'm Brian. That's just not how this works. And you know, that's interesting because one of the things is, is and, and you have, the, it happens with, all levels, whether they're kids or whether they're adults, you usually have some in the audience who are, you know, yeah, right. Go ahead and make me try and have fun. And then you got others who are like, yeah, bring it on, man. And, and then you got some who are, who were made to be there and you got some who are excited about being there. And, and it's, it works at all levels that way. And I think one of the things that you're really good at is, uh, is overcoming those feelings and just getting everybody excited about going, Hey, this is pretty cool. I'm learning something, you know? And yeah. And uh, starting to be able to use it because that's something I think is so, um, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, it's just, it, 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 it just kind of is this barrier that's, it stops a lot of people from experimenting with technology is that it, that you kind of get afraid that there's going to be too much of a learning curve, that there's going to be this, can I really do this? That type of thing. I, um, you know, you, you seem to be able to help people get over, over the angst of dealing with technology. Well, that's, um, that's the whole, like, you know, like we talked to, I just said, you know, like content, everybody wants to go straight for the content and it's not always just about the content. Um, I have to engage the audience. I also have to make an environment where there's intellectual freedom, where there's, there's freedom from um, feeling stupid. You know, I want people, especially adults. I mean, adults do not want to look stupid in front of other adults. That's, you know, Got that right. they, there's many reasons why. Um, but I want to create an environment where everybody has the opportunity to, to be stupid. Like everybody, you have a chance to be stupid and we're going to love you. Nice. Actually it's promoted. Uh, it's promoted that if you're not taking any risks or taking any chances today, I have failed. You have failed yourself. Like, uh, we have to do something new uh, that we've never done before and think differently than we did the day before. Uh, that's awesome. It's, you know, it's, and it's, I think trying to get people over, you know, if you get them over that thought that, uh, you know, I can't do this or this is beyond me or just those things we say to ourselves about, eh, you know, do I really need this? I mean, it, once you get them beyond all those negative thoughts, it's, it, it's so cool. And I've seen you do that. And it's, and it's, you know, cool, ain't it? it's awesome. And, and well, and just a, in a class like forms, I mean, learning how to use forms now that on top does not sound exciting. <laughs> no, it's, it's super boring. <laughs> yes. And, and what's really cool is as you start hearing people, it's like, oh, I didn't know I could do this. Oh, I didn't know I could do this. This is pretty cool. And, and then when you solve the age of the mysteries, which is how to really share those forms. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. People are like, I made the form. How do I get my Google form to people? And then you're like, oh my goodness. <laughs> yes. It's cool stuff. Lit a fire in somebody with a Google form. That's awesome. Most definitely. So, you know, one of the things that uh, um, I've, I've heard you say is that uh, you talked about having this new push to bring more entrepreneurship education to all grade levels. And, and you say that kids are fascinated and highly engaged with making a name for themselves and making dollars. So, there, you know, there's this term right now, that, this idea that everyone's got a side hustle. 
Can you talk a little bit more about that and what, where you're going with it? Well, a lot of people do have side hustles and uh, some of it's out of necessity, some of it's out of hobby. Um, but the economy we live in is a lot different than it was 10 years ago, 20 years ago. Uh, you know, 20 years ago, you had a job. You worked every day, you know, you worked so many weeks a year. That was your job. You came home, you watched the Braves game, you ate your meatloaf with your wife, and that was cool. But now you've got a job, but then you got another job and a half. Um, and because maybe you want to go on an extra vacation, maybe you like to uh, eat two Whoppers at Burger King a week. I don't know. I don't know, but um, I like entrepreneurship. And I think that students, you know, even if they don't go that route in their future, that if students had the knowledge or skills, you know, I had some basic entrepreneurship training, um, you know, with marketing, with, with dollars, um, you know, with, uh, with video. I mean, goodness. I mean, really every child ever, I mean, Brian Buffman says it right here. Every child should know how to make basic video engaged content, engaging content. Really? I said it right here, but it should be a state state standard. I don't know if it is. I'm talking to the governor right now. I'm going to email him. <laughs> I'm there with you. I think that, uh, I think the kids would vote for you, man. So <laughs> yeah, they should, they should. Um, and then they could use that with all the content. Remember the content? Yes. The content. Yeah, but we, but we have to display it in a way that's actually kind of relevant to students. Video is very relevant. Um, but yeah, so students, I, I just like the idea of, of giving them a chance to have some kind of s small business idea in K-5, in middle, in high. Um, and I've seen businesses actually do like a Shark Tank thing. Local, uh, local businesses do a Shark Tank thing where they um, provide monies uh, to their best pitched ideas, um, really. That's cool. Yeah, you never know where what what age that uh, next best idea is going to come from because some of them have got some really cool things going there. And I and I love your thought about um, trying to teach them how to create this on the side because you've got you've got uh, you know a consultant business happening here. You've got uh, your uh, regular uh, um, position in education going here, and you've got a yep. music business, and uh, you got a, a, you also have like photography or something going on here, don't you? Well, that's 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 what kind of started the whole video thing. You know, my my wife was a photographer. She started doing family stuff and started doing weddings, and she let me grab her DSLR camera, which PS is just means it has a fancy lens on it. You can change for those who are like Brian's talking in code. Uh, you know, I'll just say the word pedagogy. I'll say pedagogy. I just said, ah, um, but the DSLR has video on it. So, you know, you never think of video on those cameras, but let me tell you right now, I grabbed my wife's camera, I put it on video and I could do really cool, like low depth of field, uh, like blurry background shots. I couldn't do it with my iPhone. And I was like goofing off. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do a wedding with you. And then did like two weddings with her. And then I did like 10 weddings one year. And I was like, this is really awesome. That's just, that was a side hustle because we like to travel and, and create experiences with our kids. Um, and so, you know, so I took those skills and we're, we retired from that. We do different things now. And so I took those skills and I use them in like all these other places with you. I use video when I'm working with teachers, I use it with music, I make music videos. Um, and then I share those experiences with others. So video, video, man, videos there. It's here in the future. Come on. Yeah, that right. And that's the big uh, push right now in the, in the marketing area is the idea that, uh, you know, that role that uh, video is playing and um, kind of pushing some other areas to the side and making it, uh, 
you know, some, something you want to be involved in. And, and, and a lot of kids have figured out different ways of making that part of, you know, that entrepreneurial experience as well, which is cool. So I, you know, I like that, I, that thought about learning that it's good to have those side hustles that you can, you know, um, back when I was a kid, I had friends who had, you know, lawn business or, yep. or, uh, you know, rake up, well, that was lawn business too, raking up leaves and stuff like this. But, you know, today it's a, the number of types of side hustles you might see kids doing, you know, is just amazing, which is, uh, very cool, especially with the ability of, uh, combining the online world with, uh, these online shopping worlds mm-hmm. and uh you could end up with uh, them having their own eBay, you know their own ebay shop their own uh, amazon shop their own, you know. i love i love screen printing i mean really so i love t-shirts i got a buddy designs all my t-shirts um I have a background in it like i think you know brian thinks brian's crazy i think schools every school should have a screen printing screen printing work station whatever where kids can like you know push ink design because you, you you know what's going on i mean you got art You've got sales. Uh, you've got actually printing. So not every student needs to be able to design high quality graphics. Okay, not everybody's brain works like that. But there's so many different aspects in a business. We can get students involved. We can learn about math. Um, there's lots to do with science, of course, when you're screen printing with heat and how you cure the ink, all kinds of things. So, so that was just a side, you know, tent. You know, I like it. I like it. Good stuff. So one of the things that uh, I got to ask you is if you know, and, and you kind of got, you got, went to this route just a little bit ago um, when you made the comment that, you know, we're not talking about kids having 24 hours of technology or, or adults where, uh, you know, there's, there's lots of, we need to have a little bit of, uh, there's other things in the world that are exciting and stuff like this, but let's, let's do say this. If what's one thing in our techno world that you really, really like that you wish you could take back five, 10 years ago and been able to use it when you were starting out in the classroom when you were in those, uh, on those crutches and in those sweatpants. <laughs> sweatpants. Uh, you know, so in a professional sense, um, the ability to create videos as simple as I do now, uh, back then it was a lot more work. Uh, this is like 2005. You can still make video, but it wasn't like, this was right before the iPhone. Right. Um, so you still have the camera video editing was still kind of some work. Um, but now it's super simple to make video content, you know, and even though most people, you ask that question, they say, I want want my phone because the phone does like 5 million things has GPS on it, has all those. But, uh, part of me doesn't want to rob my, my former self of all the experiences that I had to have, such as reading that huge three foot by two foot Randy McNall map. (laughs) in my 1987 Cougar while you're driving <laughs> while I'm driving or stopping at the rest area um, yes. with a, with a flashlight or whatever. I mean that, you know, we, I, we laugh about it and I love it. I loved it. You know, kids are gonna look back at stuff we're doing now and they're going to go, you know what? I love that. I wish I w- we didn't have to change that. Even like with their level of technology they have now, it's going to be so more techie in the future. They're going to look back at it now. It's gonna be old school to them. I'm like, Oh, I remember back then, you know, the iPhone 40, it was pretty sweet. You know, well, it's funny because, you know, if we just talk about GPS, we were, my, my wife and I were watching a TV show not long ago where it was based, its time frame was the early 70s. And it's funny because you really could get lost in and around your neighborhoods. You know, if you were just driving and you were unfamiliar with the area, you could end up taking a little bit longer than it, it was before. And today, 
your GPS may take you some strange directions that you've never gone before, but it, you know, it'll get you there. And it, uh, it's pretty mm-hmm. difficult to uh, say, I, I just couldn't find the, the place where I was going now. And I got to tell you something else unique about that real quick before I forget mm-hmm. that, you know, I have cookie monster telling me where to go now. I mean, I've heard about this cookie monster way. <laughs> it's, awesome. it. it's awesome. It's <laughs> awesome. He just, he says, yeah, it's Cookie Monster. And uh, before that, I had Mr. T. Um, although Mr. T starts scaring me after a while. He, the car's I'm quiet. I'm too take a lift. Exactly. All of a sudden, come on, just loud, just like that. It's like, woohoo. But uh, <laughs> hey, you know, where else could you have Cookie Monster or Mr. T telling you <laughs> that it's time to take? It's ride? hard to compete with that. And let's take it a step further, Steve. You know, Waze allows you to record your own, uh, your own voice. I know you have a voice. Yes. It could be the Steve Millett. You could share it with others. So, hey, guys, right. this is the Brian Buffington way. It's not that people want to hear my voice in a car. It's not super soothing. I don't sound like Barry White <laughs> or Steve Maletto. I just, I just said Barry White, Steve Maletto in the same sentence, by Thanks, the way. Appreciate um, <laughs> so, yeah, there's that, Steve. So, yeah, there you go. That's your next hustle. Nice. I like You'll that. Sell them. You'll sell them. That, that's, that's a good thought there. We'll have to try that out. That's, uh, I did not know you could do that, but that would be cool. Although I think my family would think that was very annoying, but it'd be really neat to replace that all on their phones. And all of a sudden I'm telling them where to go. <laughs> like dad, we left the house for a reason. Yeah. They might tell me where to go. So, <laughs> so oh. let's, let's, let's talk some personal stories for a minute. Um, you know, one of the things that's uh, really cool is that uh, you have a, you have a family, you have uh, um, your, uh, your wife and how, how long have you guys been married by the way? Oh man, this is a quiz. What is this? Uh, 16 years. 16 years, man. We got married 2003, um, South Georgia, right across from the goat cell in Pearson, Georgia, uh, orange carpet at the church. It was a good time. Awesome. And, and <laughs> the, uh, um, sorry, there's just, <laughs> I, I just Im- imagine doing the catfish dance at your wedding, but that was a little too soon, wasn't it? No, we just had the cheese song back then. There was cheese no song. catfish. Dance. There we go. So the, uh, um, so anyway, so you've got a couple of kids and you just took in uh, and you just added some uh, three uh, foster kids to your family too. So Sure did. Yeah, sure did. So yeah. suddenly you have uh, five, six kids now? Uh, it's, you keep whatever. It's like 5,000. My wife and I said we, got, we just had 1,000 to it. You know, after you only had two and you had three more, it's just, you know, it's like 5,000. Yes, very much so. I can imagine. So that's pretty cool that you have, uh, you know, you have uh, your, uh, you've expanded your family this way. If uh, any new challenges happening as uh, you're uh, expanding your parent? <laughs> Steve, are you making jokes? Of course, there's challenges. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So if you just have like one kid, that's just like you know, you're just trying things out too, is like a hobby. Five is just madness. <laughs> Being honest, um, but we're, you know. We've been wanting to do this a long time. My wife, she's been, I mean, she's probably been wanting to foster since she had like a cabbage patch doll, like six. Neat. You know, so, you know, the Buffingtons are very much like, you know, we see a need, we want to meet a need. And there was a need in our area for foster care. Uh, and I'm not like the most like perfect foster dad ever, or they're never going to put me in a magazine or anything <laughs> like that. But there was kids in our community who, who needed a place to stay. They needed love, food, um, and we're happy, happy, happy to provide that. Of course, this is teaching me all kinds of stuff about just how selfish I am and, um, and how much more compassionate um, I could be. And also lets me see my kids, my biological kids, like see what life's really all about. 
Like, you know, life's not just about stranger things. It's about like real life, stranger things happening in other kids' lives. Right. I'm serious. Like just crazy messed up stuff. Like you, I can't talk about on the, um, on the air here, but, um, so yeah, yeah. But lot, tons of challenges. Uh, yeah. For those who want to lift up a prayer, pray for the buffs. I greatly appreciate it. Well, all the power to you. And it's greatly, you know, it's, it's wonderful that you and your wife have, um, taken in additional children. So that's awesome that you've done that. So best wishes and, uh, and thank you. For it is cool. That. Oh it, yeah. It's, it's awesome. Cool. So I, there's some like really cool things that's happened. I, um, I taught one how to ride a bike, Nice. uh, taught, uh, two how to swim. Nice. Um, so just same thing, like an education, like I just want to like give them, give these young boys something like wherever they go in life, like nobody could take that. Nobody could take that. Nobody could take the, the way we treated them, the way we loved them and told them how important they were and these skills that could keep them alive. If you ever fell in a pool accidentally or fell into a lake. Um, and that's what, that's kind of what one of my, one of my things is when I'm, when I'm thinking about foster care, like I just want, I just want to give something that nobody could ever take away from them. That's awesome. Well, kudos to you and your wife for doing that. And uh, that's, that's incredible. And I, um, I, I applaud you for it. So very neat. The, uh, and so with that, eventually you're going to have them singing all, you know, all five kids are going to be singing together. Yeah. I, got, I have to get permission from the state of Georgia to monetize the foster children. I'm not, <laughs> sure, how, I'm not sure how that works. Like can I have them like in my side hustle, like appearing music videos. Like, They're going to be my background like, singers. <laughs> I can sign the papers, right? I'm kind of like, I'm their parent. I can sign the paper, their waiver. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> actually, actually, I haven't even thought, of, I haven't even thought about that. But that's kind of a, I bet somebody out there has done this though. Someone has like <laughs> took their kids and like went to the circus or something, like started a circus. I'm crazy. <laughs> well, the, uh, well, so cool that you guys have taken in um, additional kids into your family. So awesome. 5,000, Steve, 5,000. 5,000. I'll remember. <laughs> yes. 5,000. Nice. So let's, let's talk a little bit of, uh, as, as we're getting close to finishing up here, let's, let's talk a little bit about your uh, music area. You've uh, you're releasing a new album in the fall with six brand new tracks. You know, the, I love this. The 25th anniversary of my cheese song is in 2020. Your cheese song. So I didn't realize you were 25 years old, man. You're, you're oh, uh, I'm very much older than 25. I'm, um, what, what am I? Uh, 37, Steve, 37. Oh man, you're old, man. So when I was, tw- <laughs> yeah, when I was uh, around 12, 13, I wrote the cheese song. Seriously? Yep. Yep. Very yep. cool. I had a, had a guy at church who, lend me a guitar. Um, it was like this, this ovation guitar and which today I bought my own, but I play an ovation. I like it. And, um, I was, you know, learning all these, these songs for Wednesday night worship and stuff. And so I was like, wonder, wonder if I could like write my own song. And so I, my granddaddy, uh, who is a big part of my life, we could do a whole podcast on my granddaddy. Um, I was like, you know what? I'm going to write this song kind of about him and about farming and about peaches and about the town of West Green, Georgia, because that's where he had, you know, he was at. He was living in this small town called West Green, Georgia in Coffee County. Um, and I, uh, P.S. I've already added the Wikipedia entrance, Wikipedia entry. Brian Buffington's on the West Green, Georgia Wikipedia's because I'm the author of the cheese song, nice, which is nice. a whole whole nother le- level of gratification for me because. Um, <laughs> Uh, I've done that for a few Wikipedia entry, entries. Some of my music is very uh, talk about small towns and stuff. Excellent. But, um, so I wrote that song for him. And, um, and to this day, I mean, it's probably still like, it's, it's one of the most popular songs I play. 
um, it's just crazy because I wrote it forever ago and it's not a very difficult song. <laughs> very cool. Well, you have all kinds of cool songs. I mean, you know, it, it, and most people can find your music on Spotify, right? You're on Spotify and a couple different places. Uh, hashtag places. happy music also. Happy music for the masses. Yeah, there we go. And, uh, um, you know, one of the things that, uh, are you still doing some of the little, the, the backyard uh, music and touring and stuff like this? Well, that's, that's the way this, this works is, you know, I record music and this is the way it goes in, you know, even like for non-independent musicians, you got to record music and then you got to go support it, which you got to go get it in front of people and try it out. So uh, after I release this, there'll be a house, house show tour. Um, and when I say tour, that means like Brian plays two dates here, two dates there. Uh, Cause I'm, you know, all over the place, but maybe in the summer I might do like a legit, like week or two week tour um, playing some of these new songs, which I'm super excited for, for, um, you guys to hear the new songs. I've been working with my, my buddy Drake Kent, who has been producing and engineering all these songs and they're so good. And some are like really like personal. And then of course some are still like super funny. Um, I have a song called poo on my shoe, uh, which is relatable by like 100% of the people yes. on, in the world. Okay. Um, you know, I also have a tribute or a song, um, song about my little girl it's called tiny dancer Two. hoping elton doesn't get doesn't get mad <laughs> well nice the uh and you are very talented uh, the songs are from the from the serious to the funny they're fun and they're happy and it's uh kudos to you for your music and i uh i encourage people we'll have in the show notes links to where you can find uh hashtag happy masses happy music for the masses and uh yeah um where they can find you on spotify and all that because you gotta gotta take a listen because and i and i have to I have to tell you, um, the catfish though comes close, but eighth grade mustache is still my favorite one. That is, there's just because if you, you did not, you were not a guy in eighth grade if you didn't know somebody who had that stupid had eighth, eighth grade, grade mustache, mustache and everybody a was really ratty one. Mm-hmm. Yes, and everybody was enamored with it, man. It's like, it's like, really? Right <laughs> ah, had a full beard, you know, like <laughs> yes. chest hair. And all the girls were like, can you drive me to drive me home afterwards? I'm like, dude, you're in the eighth grade, man. You can't do that. Um, but, and actually that's a favorite among educators. So, you know, I work with a lot of teachers, so they like to mustache, but my new song that they're going to love is stretchy pants. Stretchy um, pants. Because I work with a lot of folks. They like to wear stretchy pants and um, it's kind of a fun song. I'll, I'll sing a little bit of the, uh, we'll see the uh, chorus. It goes, Ooh, 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 Ooh. Oh, I love my spandex. Oh, 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 I could wear them all day. S-P-A-N-D-E-X. Ooh, 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 I could wear them all day. So it's coming. Y'all get ready for it. Nice. Awesome. Yay. <laughs> Good stuff. Looking forward to it, Brian. So, so when do you think in the fall your new album is going to come out? Um, it's going mm, to – me and Miss Buff, we were just talking about, we're like, fall, when's it going to happen? November? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking November. It may have to be pushed back just because if people are crazy and their schedule is crazy. Because I, w- I want to center it around. I want to have like a big, huge experiential show to kind of debut the whole album. And we have a nice theater where we live in Clarksville, Georgia, um, intimate setting. And I'd like to do a couple shows there and um, try to sell it out, uh, get the name on the marquee and get these songs out there. So, yeah, I will. You'll know, Steve. Everybody will know. I mean, I'm going to publish it everywhere. Excellent. Excellent. Looking forward to it, Brian. Brian, this has been fun today. I've got, before, before we finish up, I've got a uh, last question for you. You know, 
if you were to give some advice to a brand new teacher about uh, working to uh, get the kids engaged in class, what's that one piece of advice you'd give? All right. So if I was talking to a new teacher, I would tell them climate first, content second. Um, and that, and they've already heard this before, but I would say it again because it's so important that relationships, 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 um, and making kids feel important, making them feel part of something. If a kid's out of school, they come back the next day and people let them know that school or class was not, was not, um, things were just not right without them. We missed you. Um, and that by doing so, by creating that community, creating that environment, then the teacher can pour in the content, um, and engaging as for engagement, be as relevant as possible. Go figure out what Fortnite is. Um, you drop that F bomb in a, in a class. That's the good F bomb. Your kids will have your attention. Like that, that kid, that teacher isn't ancient. They've heard about Fortnite. Um, or, you know, like for instance, me learning about Minecraft with my boy and singing my Minecraft song. Um, it takes work to stay up to date. Like, you know, I find myself like, Brian, I want to go back to the eighties music in my car. Like, well, no, I need to go know what's going on now. Like I'm relating with adults. There's younger teachers now. And I'm over here listening to Cindy Lauper and they're like, who's Cindy Lauper? And I'm like, I got to get on the ball. So yeah, stay engaged, stay relevant. Um, and keep experimenting with, uh, with legal fun. There you go. There you go. Nice. Very nice. Well, Brian, I greatly appreciate it. Where, where could people where, tell them where they can find you? What's the easiest way to get in touch with you if they'd like to uh, connect with you and uh, uh, let's uh, leave them with that. And anything that Brian, uh, any uh, um, email addresses or websites, I will make sure are in my show notes. So go ahead, Brian, where, where's yeah. the place to find you? So, so if you enjoyed this talk, you know, like that Brian guy, he seems interesting. Um, <laughs> You can, the best way to stay in touch with me is to actually sign up for my newsletter. That link's going to be, I'll give it to Steve. I'll give it to you so you can put it in there. So that means they get like a, it's going to be like a monthly thing where I talk about what's going on in um, educational technology and innovation. Um, also personal things just because that's just fun. That's who I am. Um, but Twitter at Brian Buffington, Brian with an I, um, not Brian Adams. Okay. I'm not that cool. I'm not that Canadian. And um yeah, the Instagram. I kind of like big on Instagram now. So that's kind of like Brian. I think it's Brian Buffington as well. So uh, I do a lot of storytelling. So Instagram stories, not just the post. And that's been a fun, fun treat. Miss Buffington taught me how to do that. Excellent. Excellent. And you are all, you are on Instagram. They are, they are, you are uh, definitely um, producer there and a content creator and uh, very cool. And I'll have all these links for everybody in the show notes. Brian, it's been awesome today. You're, you know how to create engaging uh, classes and focus on technology and uh, I love catching up with you today. And thank you so much for what you do. Steve, it's been awesome, man. Thanks for having me. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is excited to be a member of Voice Ed Radio. Voice Ed Radio, your voice is right here. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. Podcasts for educators, podcast by educators. The opinions expressed on Teaching Learning Leading K-12 are those of the guests and hosts. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is intended to share ideas, advice, and suggestions for classroom teachers and school administrators. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is produced for educational purposes. Thanks for listening, and I hope you'll share it with your friends. Hey, have you got some thoughts, questions, or ideas? I'd love to hear from you. 
You can reach out to me through my email at stephenmiletto at gmail.com. Stephen spelled with a V, and Miletto is M-I-L-E-T-T-O. And that's at gmail.com. Or if you're in the United States or Canada, you can call my Google Voice number at 478-353-5471. Love to hear from you. Thanks. Take care now.